Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are officially one month away from our two-day event. Literally, in one month, it'll be the second day of the two-day Agent Investor Systems event. Now, most of you know that at any point, doesn't matter what time of the year it is, you can go to www.agentinvestorevent.com and you can register for our upcoming two-day event. You can always register for what our upcoming event is by going to www.agentinvestorevent. I also want to point out that when you register for the event, if you put in a friend's name and that friend attends the two-day event, you get entered in to win a all-inclusive two-person trip to Aruba. We actually just had our winner from November of 2022 just get back from Aruba. She actually brought her brother to the event, and she won just by bringing somebody who could benefit from learning the strategies and tools that we teach. At our upcoming free two-day event, which again, like I mentioned in the, in the comment there, is going to be absolutely free, we're going to delve into the systems that we use in our business in order to be, to be successful agent investors. You guys know my saying, sales will make you a living but real estate investing will make you wealthy. I truly believe that. I believe that every agent should still sell homes, but that you should also have investment properties. You should also invest in real estate because at the end of the day, when you look back at your career, you're not going to wish that you sold one or two or three more houses, but I can guarantee that you're going to wish that you bought one or two or three more investment properties. So in the systems event, we're literally going to walk you through the documented steps of everything that we do to find deals, to fund deals, and to actually manage construction on deals. Now, you may not be interested in doing big construction projects. That's okay. We're also going to talk about the construction that you need to do uh, and the repairs that are needed on rental properties. So again, the event can only hold 250 people. We've got very close to that registered this is my kind of almost like last call. If you're interested in attending the event, make sure that you go today to www.agentinvestorevent.com. All right, so today we're going to talk about a system that we have in our business. It's a, it's a cash buyer list system, okay? Um, and we're going to talk about how I've built an over 30,000 list of cash buyers in the New England market. And how I've done that without having to make any cold calls or do anything super uncomfortable. But before I tell you how I do it, I just want to tell you kind of some of the reasons why having a cash buyer list is very important. So one of the reasons is that if you're an agent and you're going out on face-to-face -face seller appointments, face-to-face -face listing appointments, or if you're generating cash offer opportunities, you are going to get a lot of sellers over the course of your career that want to sell to an investor, don't want to list their house, but they may own a property that doesn't work for you. Like even my company, we purchase over 100 homes per year. 
to fix and flip or to buy and hold. Even us, when we go out on appointments, there are a lot of different types of properties that we don't love for whatever reason. And when we go out on a cash offer appointment or we go on a listing appointment and the seller tells us that they don't want to list their home and we don't want the property, we want to be able to make sure that we can still capitalize on that. So that's reason number one. And there can be a million and one different reasons why you may generate an off-market opportunity. You may go on a listing appointment where somebody is willing to sell that property for a really good deal, but it just doesn't fit your criteria anymore. And I'll give you an example for me of one of those types of deals that no longer fits my criteria and our deal that I would go to my cash buyer listing in order to either wholesale or make some sort of fee or work with somebody else on a deal. So an example for me would be, I used to buy a lot of multifamilies in the greater Boston area. There's a lot of two units and three units in the greater Boston area. And I, I built a pretty large portfolio of those type of properties. I've since in the last couple of years transitioned my entire portfolio over to apartment units. We don't even really wanna look at anything that's 20 units and under. So it's common that I, through my marketing or through word of mouth, I may generate an opportunity to buy a three-family or a four-family or a two-family at a pretty good deal. I might get a pretty good deal on it, but the seller doesn't want to list their home. So what do you do in that case? Well, you've got to go to your cash buyer list, right? And if you have a cash buyer list, you can pitch that deal out to your cash buyer list. And you may be able to pick up a pretty good wholesale fee, or you might be able to partner with somebody, or you might just be able to get charge a broker commission, right? There's a lot of cases where we'll find a pretty good deal. Instead of charging the seller, the seller may not want to list their house, but we may be able to find a cash buyer willing to pay us two or three or four or 5%, right? There's really no limit to the commission that you can charge to a buyer if the property is a really good deal. This is something that I think a lot of times agents may not think about. I mean, the traditional seller is going to allow you to charge three or four or five or six percent commission, but a cash offer buyer, they're willing to pay you a commission based on whatever the property is worth. So you don't necessarily need to even wholesale the property. You can just kind of represent the buyer and make a commission that way. There's the second, and and I should say. There, just stopping for a second, I can think of an opportunity that I came across. This was probably five or six years ago. And I came across an opportunity. It was a six family in Somerville. And I remember we went out on the appointment, seller wanting a cash buyer. Pro the property was going to be sold occupied. And that was one of the reasons that I did not want the property. So I, I remember going out, our team went out on the appointment, and we went out on the appointment, talked to the seller. Seller was ready, willing, and able to sell at a discount. Seller absolutely refused to list their property. We got them to a number that made a lot of sense. And what we ended up doing was, because we had a cash buyer in our pocket that owns a ton of multifamily real estate in Somerville, we were able to wholesale that deal to him for, I kid you not, $150,000, That's important to note because of the fact that we couldn't have made money either way. We couldn't have made money any other way. We weren't gonna buy the property. We didn't wanna buy a property that was fully occupied. They didn't wanna list the house. 
They wanting a certain price. And the second point as to why it's important to have a bigger cash buyer list, right? It's not like you don't want to just have one or two or three cash buyers because in this instance, this property, this six family in Somerville, Massachusetts, most people on my cash buyer list would not have wanted it. I didn't want it because it was fully occupied. Most of my cash buyers wouldn't have wanted it. The only reason we were able to get so much money for this property was because we had a cash buyer in our back pocket that we knew specifically focused multifamilies in the Somerville area, and they were willing to pay absolute top dollar for that property. So it's not just about the fact that you may not be able to make money a different way, right? Like in, in that example, we had no option to even make money, but having a big concentrated cash buyer list allows you to also make the biggest spread possible. So that's the second reason that it makes sense to have a cash buyer list. The third reason is going to be a reason that probably you've never thought of, which is that when you're networking and you're connecting to other investors, you're going to get deals brought to you. Although my company will pretty, bu pretty much buy most type of properties, there are definitely ones that I don't necessarily want. There are types of properties and there are types of properties that I'm willing to pay more close to top dollar for. That's true of every cash buyer. If you are an investor or you know a bunch of investors and you have a cash buyer list, invariably, you're going to form connections with people on that list. And invariably, you're going to get to talking about what you're looking for, right? Yes, it is you know, really good to be able to have a really great cash buyer list, click a button, sell a property without even having to you know, necessarily list it on the MLS it's another thing to have one of those people bring a deal to you. And I can think of a time when somebody who I wholesaled a deal to going back probably 10 years at this point, they sent me a message one day on Facebook. This was probably four or five years ago. And they said, hey, Tom, I've got a, a two family in Chelsea. I'm looking for $400,000. Would you be interested? Without going into too much detail on the pricing, I knew immediately that I would be willing to pay that amount. So within a day's time, I had that property under contract to purchase. He did not want that property. He was not a flipper. He was a long-term buy and hold investor. He came across a flip opportunity, said, hey, I got a flip opportunity. I'm willing to sell it to you. There are three reasons why I think you want a cash buyer list. Number one, you're going to be able to make money on deals that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to make money on. Number two, you're going to be able to get the biggest spread possible. Again, having a bigger cash buyer list allows you to not only sell properties, but it also allows you to get the right buyer that's going to pay the most amount of money. And reason number three to have a big cash buyer list is you're going to end up getting properties brought to you. So with all of that being said, first thing that I would kind of think about when building a cash buyer list are what are the types of deals that you come across? right? Is there specific geographic locations? Is there specific property types? Are you going after single families or multifamilies? Or are you only going after a specific city? Or are you going after land deals? I mean, this kind of goes without saying it's a pretty simplistic thing. You want to go after and build a cash buyer list around the type of stuff that you're going to come across. So if you're a brand new investor today and you decide, hey, I want to start marketing 
for three family properties in Lynn and Beverly and Salem, then what you want to focus your time, effort, and energy on are finding investors that buy those specific types of properties. Okay. I know, again, that sounds really simplistic, but when we say like a cash buyer list and building a cash buyer list, there are thousands upon thousands of investors in the greater Boston market and New England market. And, uh, you know, no matter what market you're in that you're listening to this right now, there are tons of investors. And not every investor is the same. Every investor is going to have their own buy box for the types of properties that they want. Think about it in terms of just your regular traditional buyers that you have. Everybody kind of has what they're looking for as an investor. And you want to focus or start out your, your cash buyer list by focusing on what you're actually going to come across. Now, if you have no idea you know, what you're going to come across and you want to just start you know, the process of, of building a cash buyer list, that's fine too, but it's kind of hard to start the cash buyer list without doing this. And I have a document here that I want to share with everybody that's going to go over just kind of like some of the stuff, but this is kind of the document that I would use. And this is where I would start when you're talking about building a cash buyer list. What I see a lot, and it's an absolute mistake, are uh, newer agent investors or newer wholesalers or people new to the investor game. They just kind of like Google, they go on Google, they, they look up and try to find cash buyers. They'll just call them and say, hey, what are you looking for? And while that's okay, I can almost guarantee that you're really going to annoy every single cash buyer that's out there. Like no cash buyer, real cash buyer wants to get a call from somebody, asking them a bunch of questions and then hearing, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, no, I don't actually have any properties available for you. I just want to talk about a property that I may have available for, available for you maybe in the future. So don't be that person. Don't call people randomly. Find properties that you can promote. Now, you may or may not have a property that you can promote today, but there are properties that you can promote by being an agent automatically. There are investor deals that you can promote. One example of that are HUD homes. So if you go on HUDHomestore.com, every single deal that's up there has been foreclosed and every single deal on there, you are legally able to promote as an investor. But I want to get you guys kind of in the mindset that in an ideal world, you are promoting a property first in order to find cash buyers and you're getting them to opt into something. You're getting them to fill out a form. You're getting them to reply to some something. You're getting them to fill out a jot form, kind of whatever it is. So I want to talk to you guys. Step number one is to find that property to promote. And if you're in the inner circle and you need a, a particular property to promote in order to build your cash buyer list, you can reach out to me directly because we go on over 100 face-to-face -face seller appointments each and every week. And we've always got at least one off-market property that you could potentially promote in order to generate a list of, of cash buyers. So if you've ever, as an agent, promoted or posted, hey, I've got an off-market opportunity for anything, you'll know that you're going to get swarmed. And you'll see it a lot of times in different Facebook groups or just on social media. And someone will say, hey, I've got XYZ property. Put your email into the comment section and I'll reach out to you with it. And what you'll see, I mean, you'll see 30, 40, 50 people putting their email in there. And I've even seen, even if you don't necessarily have a deal, 
I've seen even people just put in, hey, I'm looking to build my cash buyer list. Do me a favor, drop your email into the comment section. And again, you'll get you know a lot of responses from there. Not that I want to have you guys be deceitful in any, in any way, but if you are specifically targeting a certain geography, you may want to post something a little bit different like, hey, you know, I come across, I typically come across two to three family units in XYZ town. Um, they're, they're typically off market. Drop your email if you'd want me to send you them when I get them. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. But again, I would always first start with trying to get a property to promote. When you have a property to promote, you are going to get many more cash buyers opting in than if you kind of just say, hey, I'm looking, I'm looking for to find cash buyers. Somebody asked the question, what's the name of the HUD website? HUDHomestore.com. All right, so I have up here the list. And these are the places that once you get the property, this is where I would start posting. The first one, and you guys, some of you might laugh at this, is Craigslist. There are tons of um, cash buyers that look on Craigslist for deals. Okay, Craigslist is still kind of the wild, wild west a little bit. There are there are areas of Craigslist you could put for sale by for sale by broker. You could put for sale by owner. There's a bunch of different sections, but if you have an off market opportunity, posting it in Craigslist, and always again, I should say this too, you always want to have some sort of capture link. Whenever you're putting something out there, I, I can almost guarantee that almost everybody who's on this call has opted into something of mine, a jot form or something online. Like if you go to www.agentinvestorevent.com, right, I'm having you all opt in. So all of your contact information, your email, your name, your phone number is stored in my database. Okay. You want to do the same thing when you're building a cash buyer list. You don't want to post something on Craigslist and then have to manually add it, right? You want to say, hey, if you're interested in, in learning more about this property, go to this link, fill out this form. And I know most of you agents know how to do this type of stuff, but I just want to say it before I forget, because if you don't do it this way, you're going to spend a lot of time and it's, it's going to end up being a little bit wasteful. The second place to go for cash buyers, this is absolutely the easiest cheat code to finding cash buyers that's out there is by going to auctions. Every geographic area is different, but in Massachusetts, all of the auctions are held right outside of the property that's being auctioned. Why is that important? Well, at auctions, you are always required to give a non-refundable deposit. In Massachusetts, it's usually between five and $20,000. So what do we know about somebody that is gonna go to a property, buy Excite Unseen, and put down five to $20,000, well, you better believe they're a legitimate cash buyer. And that's another point that I should bring up. Not all cash buyers are legitimate, right? When you, when you post on Facebook or social media and say, hey, throw your email into this uh, comment section if you're interested in off-market properties, a lot of the people who respond aren't going to be legitimate. The reason I mentioned the auctions is, as such a cheat code is you know for sure Somebody's showing up with a cashier's check for five to $20,000 to bid on a house. You better believe they're legitimate. So if you know a specific area that you want to build your cash buyer list in, I would look at the auction websites online and I would literally attend them. And again, if you have an off-market property, that's so much better to be able to go to the auction and say, hey, 
I know you're here to bid on XYZ property. I've also got another property it's very similar to this one. Here's a flyer. Here's my contact information, et cetera, right? Every single person, if you bring an off-market deal to an auction that's very similar to the property that, that's getting auctioned off, you have a 100% guarantee that that person that you're going to talk to, and there's usually between three and 20 cash buyers at these auctions, depending on the state, but typically in Massachusetts, there's between three and 20 at every single one of these, you know almost every person there is very legitimate. So that's a cheat code that um, I learned. And again, keep in mind, going back to like the other point of building a cash buyer list, the third reason, the reason that a lot of people don't think about is you may get a cash offer deal put to you. So let's just say you show up in an auction, you form a relationship with somebody there. A lot of people who go to auctions go to auctions all the time. A lot of people that go to auctions, they might put a property in a contract and then for whatever reason, they decide they don't want to they don't want to buy it themselves. They may be willing to sell that deal to you. So again, keep in mind that there's a lot of benefits from building this cash buyer list. Your own personal Facebook page. I know this is an obvious one, but posting on your own personal Facebook page that you have deals, that you're looking for deals is very, very important. With that being said, you also want to build up your Facebook profile with cash buyers. So what's what's a way that you could do that? Well, one way that you could do it is you could go into whatever your local investor Facebook group is, and there's a bunch that are in my market, and you can see the people that are posting, the people that have deals, the people that are talking, the people that seem active in the group. Send those people a friend request. That's another way you won't get their direct contact information, but if you're looking to promote properties on your own social media account, that's a way to get an active audience of people that are also looking for those type of deals. Another kind of cheat code with this is if you go into a Facebook group in whatever community that you're trying to get off market deals, look for those posts where people are saying, hey, I'm a wholesaler. I'm looking to, to, to get rid of one of my deals. Drop your email there. That person did the work for you. Like you don't even have to do a post. Automatically, you've got 30 or 40 or 50 people looking for a deal. So I would also recommend joining as many of these Facebook groups as you can for local investors. In my market, there's two or three or four of them that have over you know 500 people. And not again, keep in mind, not everybody in those groups are legitimate investors. So see who's active, see who's posting, see who's looking for deals. Somebody said, how do you secure a referral fee on these off-market properties? There is a million different ways that you can do it. Okay. So it depends on how you're involved in the deal. Okay. So I'll give you a few different examples. The first way is to wholesale a deal. So if you go on a face-to-face -face seller appointment, like the one I talked about in Somerville, um, I had a seller that was willing to sell that property at a certain price. I put that property under contract in my offer contract. It says my entity name or assignee. That means I can control that property and I can assign that contract to somebody else. Meaning I can literally say, hey, I've got this six family under contract for $600,000. I'm willing to sell it to you for $650,000. Sign this assignment agreement, pay me $50,000 and be on my merry way. That's one way. Another way is to just get paid directly from the buyer through a commission. 
you could represent them as a buyer agent. Another way would be to get a, a commission from the seller. Another way would be to get a commission from the seller and the buyer. So there's a lot of different ways that you could you could do it. Um, and I don't want to make this a class about how to assign or how to like put these deals together. I want to talk more about building the cash buyer list. All right. So posting on bigger pockets. So bigger pockets is very similar to you know the Facebook groups where you're going to have a lot of legitimate people in there. You're going to have a lot of people that have never done a deal before in there. It doesn't hurt. There's there's bigger pockets marketplace. Anytime that you post an off-market deal that's a legit deal, meaning that it's a good deal, meaning that somebody's going to want it, you are going to get people that are looking. You'll also see people that, that will do posts about wanting deals, right? So they may leave their contact information right in there. Posting in Facebook community groups, I, I already talked about this. It could be a town. It could be a community group if they allow it, or it could be an investing group. If you have a deal, you want to promote it in as many areas as you can. And you always want to make sure, again, that you give them some sort of jot form or some sort of form that they can fill out so that you get access to their contact information and it gets automatically stored. Anytime that anybody fills out a form, one of my forms, it automatically goes into my CRM. Again, this is not necessarily a class about you know how to connect different programs or streamline your sales process, but you always want to have things as systematic as possible so that you don't have to do, you know, especially doing uh, laborious like data entry work. All right. Another area I talked about posting in investor groups. I talked about posting on bigger pockets. You also want to make sure that you join and look for other real estate agent groups. There are many times that it is worth, absolutely worth bringing in another real estate agent to get your deal sold. We all do this naturally, right? We put our property into MLS. Nine out of 10 times, that property ends up really getting sold. The person who has the buyer is another agent. Don't sleep on the fact that investing works the same exact way. If you have a great off-market opportunity, you may be able to find um, a great cash buyer through your list or through posting or all of the other different mechanisms that I'm talking about. But again, one of the biggest cheat codes to selling any property, the people who have the most buyers, whether they're retail or investment buyers, are typically going to be agents. Uh, most solid, experienced agents work with investors in some way. And I can think of a deal that I did um, with a prominent agent in a suburban market. Our team went out on the face-to-face -face seller appointment. It was a knockdown home in a really nice community. Those type of deals, my, me and my team, we don't like doing. Uh, we don't like doing um, kind of like luxury new construction. It's not, it's not what we do. So rather than just saying, hey, I know you don't want to list my house. And rather than saying, hey, just go to another investor, I called an agent, prominent agent in that town, it does a lot of work in that town that sells a lot of luxury new construction. And I, and I said to them as simple as, hey, I've got a great investment opportunity, knockdown house in this section of town. I know that you do a lot of ground up work with investors in that area. Would you be willing to work something out on the deal? And long story short, that buyer paid a commission to me. And then the agent that I referred this deal to got the listing on the back end when when this property was built.
So again, going back to point number one, that you're going to make more money with a cash buyer list. By having a cash buyer list, you're going to do deals that you wouldn't have normally done. That was a deal I wouldn't have normally done. Did I hit a home run on it? No, I didn't hit a home run on it. I did okay. I made less than $10,000 on that deal, but that was less than $10,000 than I would have made if I had done nothing with it. So don't be afraid to find that agents in that market that you have a property in, they sell the most amount of houses. You can look on the MLS, right? Not just for how many houses they're selling, but what types of properties are they selling? In this case, I knew that this agent worked with a lot of builders because I see their listings. A lot of their listings, half of their listing inventory was new construction. And I know that they weren't, they were not in construction. So they're definitely working with builders. Same thing with flips. Same thing with, with people that work with landlords. So easy stuff to kind of look up and network your way in. And again, don't, don't shy away from bringing another agent to this deal. All right, my email investor list. So I talked about the fact that um, I've got a list of over 30,000 um, cash buyers in my market. Now, this is not going to apply if you're if you're outside of New England or if you're not in the inner circle. But probably once a week, I'll do an email blast for somebody that's in the inner circle that has an off-market deal in my market, and I'll send it out. And I've, there's no you know cost for me to do that. that. That's just something I do for people that are in the inner circle and have a property in New England. So keep in mind that, yes... You definitely can build a 30,000-person list yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and I definitely recommend doing it. But one of the ways to shortcut is to join the inner circle. Or if you're already in the inner circle and you weren't aware that I have the ability to do this, please keep in mind that I do. If you're interested in learning more about the inner circle, I'm not going to uh, talk too much about it here. But you can always get on a call with me by going to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. When you go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com, it's going to show you my calendar. It's going to show you the dates I'm available. And we're going to jump on a call, talk about what you're trying to achieve when it comes to real estate investing, and figure out if there's a mutual fit for both of us to work together. That link, www.agentinvestorinnercircle, are for people who are not yet in the inner circle. If you're already in the inner circle, we have a, a different link that I can that I can give to you. Reach out to me be, via Facebook Messenger for the calls that we do for inner circle members. But if you're interested in learning more about the benefits of being in the inner circle, one small example is the ability for us to promote your off-market deals and you not really having to build out this list yourself. Continuing on, sign in the ground. Um, again, this is kind of an obvious one, but don't overlook it. Just because somebody wants to sell their property off market doesn't mean they won't let you put a sign in the ground. I know that might sound a little bit counterintuitive, but I can tell you that I've run into different situations where somebody will say, yeah, I want to sell it off market because of X, Y, Z, but I'm okay with you putting a sign in the ground. Right. So putting a sign in the ground is going to get you leads, not only for the property, but for potentially other properties. Um, it's not going to always work. It's not going to always make sense for the seller. But just keep in mind that half the time they're going to be like, yeah, put a sign out there. I don't care. The person may want to sell the property off market because they don't want to pay you a commission. Right. They may say, oh, I don't want to pay you a commission. But, yeah, put a sign out there. I don't care. And then the last thing I'm going to put up here that I have up on the screen is talking to other vendors. 
So I talked about using agents and agents are definitely a very good way to build your cash buyer list, to get introduced to cash buyers, to shortcut it. But there's also other people in the industry, as you all know, um, attorneys, mortgage brokers, there's a million and one different people that do have cash buyers. And so just keep in mind that you may already have some really good relationships to some other cash buyers, contractors that you work with, right? You may be working with a contractor who has helped you with your retail homes. Well, that contractor may also be doing work for a flipper or for a buy and hold person. And again, like anything else, the more that you ask around, the more that you talk, the better this is going to be. You know, building a cash buyer list is definitely a process. The great thing about building a cash buyer list is that there's not millions upon millions of people that enter into the investing market that are legitimate investors each and every year in your market. What you'll find in a lot of cases is that the real cash buyers in every market, it's a small community. I, I could probably sell most of my deals regardless of where or when or what the type of property is with a list of 50 people or less. Yes, my list has 30,000 people on it, but the top 50, 60, 70, 80 people buy most of the deals that I ever sell. Okay. And it's going to always be that way. Most investors in the market are going to buy like maybe one property a year or a, a property every other year. But then you have those much more aggressive, much more active investors that you can't help but kind of run into if you're in this game, if you're asking around, hey, who's the top cash buyer for this type of property or this location? One last thing that I do want to mention that's not on this sheet that I just thought of that's also kind of a no-brainer is to just look at the types of properties that were purchased on the MLS. You know, if you're if you're trying to find you know, cash buyers for rental properties, then go in that town, go in public records and see who's purchasing them. Look at the entities and the names of the people that are purchasing them. You can do the same thing with fix and flips. You can see, you can look in a, in a particular city and you can say, hey, these are, the, these are the top five cash buyers in this particular city. And you can kind of network your way in that way. Because of course, if you go on public record, you might see XYZ LLC is the buyer, but who is the owner? Okay, but then when you find the owner, well, what's their contact information? So you can network your way into it. I always like using social media. You know, sending a friend request and then a DM is, is typically a pretty uh, easy way to kind of go about doing it. But you can always network your way into it. And if you're on, you know, a social media account like a Facebook you may go to friend request somebody and you might see that you have two or three mutual friends. Another such huge benefit of being an agent investor is like, as you all know, the agent community is small. You know, there, there's, there's, there's 30,000 agents in Massachusetts, but there's probably only a thousand that do most of the deals, maybe even less than that, right? That, that do 80% of the transactions. So, it's very likely that if someone's a very active cash buyer for any type of property and you've been an agent in the market for a while, you probably have some sort of mutual connection. I want to encourage all of you again, like I did kind of in the beginning of the session, take advantage of the opportunity in front of you, which is our two-day event that we have coming up on April 12th and April 13th, you know, one month from today. You're not only going to get the systems that we have 
for free. You're going to get to meet myself, my team in person, and you're also going to get to meet a lot of other agent investors. Do not sleep on the fact that you're going to get literally get around other people that are on the same mission as you. Our events are open to everybody. There, Whether you're an agent or not doesn't matter. Whether you're with our company or not doesn't matter. 90% or more of the people that attend the agent investor events are not with my company, okay? And these are not recruiting events. Um, anybody that's ever been to our events, we spend 95% of the time teaching and talking like I just did today. And we'll spend 5% of the time talking about joining our inner circle. Um, that is the way that I get paid and make money. But I want to encourage you that even if you never have any any desire to work with me individually, I still want you to come to the event. I want you to get educated. I want you to, to have something besides sales that's making you money. So somebody asked a question. Brian asked, what do you do when a seller wants to get as much as they can with no set number in mind? Well, that's so those two things don't go together. They always have a number in mind. There is never a time. We go on 100 appointments a week, 5,000 appointments a year. Out of those 5,000 appointments, everybody has a number in mind. They always have a number in mind. So what I would say to you is you need to get to that number. Of course, there are people who are a lot harder to get to that number. There are also people that no matter what you do, won't give you that number. But I will tell you that everybody has a number. Everybody has an idea. It may be the wrong idea. Like somebody might think that their house is worth 500 and it might be worth eight. Somebody might think their house is worth 800 and it's worth five. But I will say that if somebody wants the most amount of money possible, let me just play the game with you. Let's just say that they are completely unwilling, 100% unwilling to give you a number. The best way to get them the most amount of money is to list their house and to promote their house the right way. If they have no clue what they're looking to get and somebody said to me like, hey, I don't know, what I would do is I would say, hey, this is what I think your property's worth. If you need the most amount of money and that's the most important thing to you, you don't care about the convenience of a cash offer. You don't care about closing on a certain date. You don't care about doing repairs. You don't care about maybe a buyer backing out. You don't care about all that stuff. You want to get the most amount of money. The only way I can do that is by showing the most amount of people your house. The only way I can show the most amount of people your house is by listing your house and by promoting my the house on social media and all of these other different areas that I'm going to drive buyers to your house. I may think that your house is worth 400. Uh, somebody else might think it's worth 200. The market is going to dictate what your property is actually worth. So what I recommend doing is I, re I recommend taking my advice. This is where I think your house is going to sell. We're going to list it plus or minus, hopefully minus a little bit what we believe the property's worth. We're going to drive as much traffic as possible. The first open house, even in March of 2023, is still going to get you the most amount of money. Like that, that the first weekend when you have 30, 40, 50, 60 people in a house, everybody's in the house is going to think the other person's going to buy it. That's how you're going to get the most offers and get them up the highest possible. On that Monday or that Tuesday when offers are due, we're going to see what the highest number that anybody's willing to pay for your house. Whether or not you're willing to take it, that's a different story. But I can definitely within you know a four to five day period tell you 
the maximum amount that anybody's going to be willing to pay for your house. So Brian, hopefully that answers your question. Within that question, also, I would want to know, like, is this person legitimately selling? Inherent in that type of phrasing, I sometimes think, well, is the person actually motivated to sell? Or is it more like a make me move? Like, I'll sell if I got 100000 more than what my property's worth. Or is it just a person trying to be a little bit tight-lipped and maybe not wanting to, like, show their hand? If the person isn't motivated to sell, then you're not going to be able to sell their house. I mean, as good as I'm sure we all think we are at sales and marketing, we cannot get somebody a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars more than what their house is actually worth. Their house is worth what someone's willing to pay. We can find that out by listing it and driving as much traffic as humanly possible to that open house. Then we're going to find out what the house is worth. If at the end of all of that, they say, "Hey, like." I'm not serious about selling, then I would be a little bit cautious as an agent to kind of work with that type of person. So I would want to know like where they're going, why they're going. If they got between 450 and 500, are they selling? Or are they only selling if they get 600 plus and the house is only worth 500? At the end of the day, your question really boils down to asking more questions, getting a deeper understanding, following a sales process, And just getting them on the same page as you, right? Because the reason that they typically don't want to give their number or they say they don't know their number is because of a lack of trust. And at the end of the day, I don't care whether you're trying to buy the person's house or whether you're trying to list their house. You need to establish rapport in so much that they believe that you're working together. So them saying like, I don't know what my house would sell for. That says to me, like, I don't want to share this with you because you may take advantage of the situation somehow. So you need to get on the same page with them, which, you know, if you're a good salesperson and you're a good human, you want to know their number because you're trying to help them, right? Even if you're trying to buy their house, you're still trying to help them achieve whatever their goals are. So I would try to break them down that way. Obviously, me talking to a screen Sounds really easy. I know in real life, it's a lot harder than that, but that's kind of where I would kind of look at that. If you found this valuable, if you find my content valuable, then getting more access, more one-on-one help from me might be what you need. If you're a seven out of 10 or more serious about investing in real estate, if you agree that sales will make you a living, but investing will make you wealthy, If you don't yet have enough passive income to cover all of your expenses so that you don't have to work nights and weekends anymore and that you can fire clients that you hate, I would strongly encourage you to at least look into the inner circle. There's three ways to join the inner circle. Two of them are completely free. Okay, so there are paid and unpaid ways to join the inner circle by jumping on a call with me. More than anything else, I'm going to treat it like a strategy session. So I'm going to ask you where you're at right now, where do you want to go in 2023 with investing, and what what are your roadblocks? On that call, we're going to put together a game plan. I'm going to go over the benefits of the inner circle, how it could help you. We'll determine whether or not it's a good fit. In a lot of cases, it's not a good fit because either the person's not ready yet or it could be a number of different reasons. But if you are ready, willing, and able, and it's a good fit, 
we would talk about moving forward. If you are interested in jumping on one of those calls, www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com, and you can check out my calendar and then schedule a day and time. But I do want to um, thank you guys for all jumping on today. Again, as my last kind of like parting goodbye, guys, reach out to me. I'm very easy to, to get in touch with. Send me a message. The easiest way is to send me a message on Facebook or to post in the agent investor group. Tell me what you need help with. Tell me what you want me to train on and teach on um, so that I'm not delivering content that you don't find valuable. Be selfish about it. I don't get that many requests. I wish I got many more requests about what you want me to cover. So whether it's how to find deals, how to find money for deals, how to do deals with no money, how to wholesale, how to build a rental property for portfolio, how to invest in apartment units, how to do any of this stuff. Think about what you need help with and then reach out to me directly or post in the agent investor group. And I'm happy to help you guys out. And again, thank you for taking the time today, making me feel good and staying on. And um, I'll see you all next Tuesday at 11 o'clock or on an inner circle call if you um, jump on one of those at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.